one of the core aims for Be The Drop as, you know, a, as a business communication, so narrative marketing communicates through, through Be The Drop, is because we're investigating all these areas that we work with clients on so that we develop an understanding and knowledge and experience of how this works. You know, we're experimenting on our own content and then we can then apply that for customers. So it's ongoing learning. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to unlock your brand story to supercharge your business. This week on Be The Drop, we are celebrating two very exciting milestones. The month of September marks three years since I started my business journey. From humble beginnings as a sole trader, over this time, the business has grown and is now a company with two part-time staff. More from them very soon. This week's episode also marks one full year of Be The Drop podcast. So we have double the reasons to celebrate, which is super exciting. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we absolutely believe in the power of telling stories, not only to learn and connect, but also to build business relationships and drive sales. To mark these exciting milestones, today I am joined by Jojo Furnival, Chief Wordsmith, and Chris Warman, Chief Videographer, the super talented team behind the scenes. We will be looking back over what we've learned and sharing the insights we have developed from both the guests we have interviewed and the process we've used to deliver the podcast content. In today's episode of Be The Drop, we discuss the importance of storytelling in building customer connections, the relationship and value of both words and visuals in brand story, and we reveal our top tips for how to support your in-person relationships through digital communication. This is Narrative Marketing's version of Be The Drop. Thanks for joining me, Jojo. Oh, no worries. And thanks for joining me, Chris. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So Jojo and Chris are the team that have been working over the past year bringing together the episode content that is released through Narrative Marketing's blog and social media channels and obviously with the podcast. So in today's episode, what we're going to do is have a little bit of a reflection and look back at what we've learned, both from the guests that we've interviewed, but also through the process that we've been on because from the very beginning, from the first Be The Drop episode, to now episode 52, we have been constantly evolving and learning, which was one of the aims for Be The Drop, was to really discover and investigate what content works, where to place it, and, and how we can use that. And th- that is one of the things that we ask guests on the, on the podcast as well. But also, obviously, we've learned that from the back-end side of releasing the content. We're also going to be having a look at storytelling, which has become a prominent theme and something that's ver- that we're very passionate about here at Narrative Marketing. So, Jojo, let's get this started with you. Oh. Let's, let's start by unpacking that. Why storytelling? What's happened? And obviously, Narrative Marketing was the name of the company, so there's a, a, a background to that. But through Be The Drop and the work that we've been doing, we've really solidified that. Have you got any comments around that? 
I think the thing is about storytelling is that um, stories are memorable. Um, and so I, I would much rather, it's easier for me um, as an adult, but it's actually even easier for us as children to learn through stories. That's how we take on information. That's how we remember um, how we're supposed to act and behave and, and the, the point that is trying to get is being put across to us. So now in the world of marketing, and we call that, you know, the message stories and the art of storytelling is a really powerful and effective way to get that message across. Mm. If they're told a story about how that product can be used, how their life is going to um, play out, be better with the use of that product rather than a list of benefits or things that this product can do, having a story to allow people to imagine them using it is um, just, it's just a lot easier for people to take on that information. Mm. Yeah, but unlike the, the part of the advertiser or the, the product manufacturer, it's so easy just to default to listing what you can do with something or, mm. you know, even like client testimonials is a bit like, ooh. But, uh, <laughs> anyway. This is but what like, we did and how we used it. So yeah, it's more well, the features. Yeah, but, but if they can sort of, if they have the confidence to let go of writing a features list on advertising, then they can, they can instead advertise not the product, but like the feeling or the experience yeah. during the product's use, mm. but not even necessarily including the product is like quite a brave way to advertise, but still quite effective. Mm. And I think what you've touched on there, Chris, quite a brave way to advertise. And, and that's something that a journey that we've been on as well, because, you know, we're based in Adelaide and it, traditionally there is a bit of a conservatism around Adelaide, although we have certainly experienced guests on the podcast that are definitely breaking those molds and are not staying within the conservative traditional, um, potentially historical um, business operations for Adelaide. But how does a business use storytelling and maintain that the seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that, Jojo? We have to um, lead by example and we have to um, walk the talk, uh, if you like. And then in, as part of our sort of education process and getting people to um, understand that storytelling is um, going to get results, you know, it's other examples um, and, and big businesses and big industry leaders that have already that are already adopting this um, strategy and there's one example that I always um, refer to which is Qantas and their latest ad campaign mm. um, which is all about coming home and mm. it just tells a story so brilliantly mm. okay you see some planes but they don't talk to you about um, their planes. They don't talk no. to you about seat size, their routes, or, yeah. the features. Mm. No, Price. it's, yeah. it's no. just people painting a picture, telling a story about coming home and how do you get home. Stories can make you feel. And if a, if a brand, if a business can make you feel something, mm. then they've had a reaction. Mm. And if they've had a reaction, they're going to remember you they're more likely to come to you in the future they're more likely to buy they're more likely mm. to interact with you so yeah it's the the emotional um, response that mm. I think is really important that storytelling has yeah and with that Qantas ad I'm assuming that they know that the customer 
knows they can find detailed information and pricing mm. elsewhere. Yeah. But the, the front-facing marketing doesn't have to be the same as the detailed, mm. descriptive, you know. Information. Yeah. Go to the website and get the details. Yeah. 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 yeah so what you're talking about there, Chris, is that it needs to be a multi-layered approach. And I think yeah. that's really important. And, and that's what, you know, superhero is, has been an element that we've built into narrative marketing, but it won't be our only story. Jojo is our wordsmith and um, Chris is our videographer and I get to be chief storyteller, so I bring multiple elements together. So what we really want to look at and unpack as, as well is, is those differences. So Chris, do you want to start with us and talk about, firstly, why are you passionate about video storytelling? Most video, unless it's like popcorn TV or something, it, it like demands attention. So you go to the cinema and you're sitting there and you're there to see the video specifically or mm. like you're watching Game of Thrones or, or or you're watching Facebook Live or something. It just like that's what you're there to do. Mm. So I don't know, you kind of feel like mm. when I was starting to do video, I realised that it was a way of, I don't know, I'm not, I wasn't necessarily an outgoing teenager. So I thought that was like an outlet I could do that. I could show people something that I've done and get feedback. That's really interesting though, because you did it, like your motivation was very focused around having something to show people. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that would be totally different for me. Why, mm. why I got, I didn't, I did not, I rarely show people my mm. writing. Doing it is very much about the, it's about processing my, my thoughts. And mm. that is actually something that is, has been mentioned um, previously in in the podcast um mm, sally sally hart yeah, yeah exactly very much a process um driven thing so i so you talked about when you were a teenager or was even before i was a teenager to mm. be honest i loved writing but just getting my thoughts down onto paper it's interesting because elements of what you're both saying is true for my communication style but mine isn't mine's an oral it's a it's yeah. a talking like exactly the process you're just saying now I have to have the conversation. I have to actually talk to people about it, oh. multiple people, and I can completely change my mind. So what is then, you know, if we're looking at storytelling within a brand storytelling context as well, what is that relationship between the visuals and the words? Chris. Well, that's what we've been trying to work out with <laughs> Be The Draw for yeah. narrative marketing stuff. Yeah. Uh, subtitles on video has been quite good because then we can pull a transcript out of a video mm. and then that can help Jojo with her words, but also just complementing videos with blog articles mm. and then putting them together so that either you read the blog and then you watch the video or you watch the video and then you want to find out extra interpretations that, weren't, that we couldn't film on the day that were written or like in hindsight. I think something that's quite interesting and important that you touched on there is that different people will be able to access the content in different ways. Mm. I was just going to say, because mm. I think, cause, and you know, as we all know, like people learn in different ways mm. um, and people absorb information. You know, some people are very visual learners. Some people have to do to learn. And, mm. and so, yeah, if you've got the different media um, all working together, You'll, you should be able to access the information in a, in a medium that works for you in a style that you can um, process the information. On Facebook and, and similar things, you've got a written piece of text and then we've got the video. Mm. And then they complement each other in that 
if people are seeing the picture and then they look up to the writing and they see a bit more information about it or the subtitles at the bottom. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like the visual is the eye grabber, is the attention grab. And then the the text is often the like converter yeah that, and the context you know yeah that gives you the the context and the call to action it's like mm. oh this is like sucked me in visually and yeah. then what do you want me to do with that yes but in the case of someone looking for something specific if they saw the writing for example how to get more clicks followers or something yeah they'd see the text and then they'd follow on to the video if they wanted to do a step-by-step thing mm. yes which of the text would come first but yeah, yeah. it so kind of works can, either way depending you can, on yeah. yeah it, it can, can be both either way exactly and you need to to develop your content with that in mind so that it can and i think that's what you're saying mm. you know we've been investigating this the, the the one of the core aims for be the drop as you know uh, as a business communication so narrative marketing communicates through through be the drop is because we're investigating all these areas that we work with clients on so that we develop an understanding and knowledge and experience of how this works you know we're experimenting on our own content and then we can then apply that for customers so chris then what is you know if we're talking about we've just led into different platforms what is for you your favorite um, communication platform? Where are you? Okay. Well, I guess I use Facebook more than any other. But if it comes to favorite, mm-hmm. I mean, I started out on YouTube like early days, 2006, and I'd sort of been playing with it since then. I've sort of seen it evolve. Like it's mm. it's been someone that has helped me out, I guess. Mm. Because that was something I used to put my older video work on and then you'd get comments. So most of them would be, not great comments, but um, <laughs> you'd, you'd get feedback. And the fact that you're getting feedback, I guess, that was pre, it was pre-Facebook days, really. Mm. And then the fact that someone online anywhere, you didn't, it kind of opened up the world mm. where you could realize that people were communicating with you. Mm. Um, of course, now with Facebook Live, it's really, it's the barriers gone so narrow that you can say something on a video and then five seconds later before the video is even finished you can get feedback about Mm. how it's going or Mm. you can ask people questions whereas Mm. how I remember video initially at least was I'd spend a lot of time and make sure it was exactly the way I wanted it before anyone else got to see it yeah and then I got the feedback so Mm. I guess there's something to think about where you can almost create a better video while you're making it Mm. yeah Mm. that's cool so then Jojo you open up some interesting thoughts. You do. Much food for thought. <laughs> but, and I think the thing is it's, that there's a space for different differences. Yeah. But Jojo, yes. what about yourself? Do you have a favourite communication platform? I think so. I'm always going to have a space in my heart for blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, your, your slightly longer form um, blog posts. And I guess back in the, the day, you know, pre-blogs, that would have been like your opinion column uh, in, a, in a newspaper or, or magazine. Well, it's interesting because thinking about the question myself, like I went where you were talking about in your introduction and it, for me it's face-to-face communication. If we're talking about our favourite platform, I mean, and the fact that this, yeah. this podcast is done in person is because I'm just, I'm just such a, I'm just so wedded to it. Like, yeah. you know, if for me... I need to read people's body language. I, I need to be, you know, yes. Like, and I just, I'm a 
I'm a people person. Uh, and, and, and that's originally, you know, too many years gone back. When I started marketing and, and studied marketing, it was because I liked communications and, and, and dealing with people. But I, I studied my degree before Facebook existed. Uh, and so it, it was a different sort of approach. Uh, but now we're, we're evolved and, and looking at that way and when we talk about this a fair bit, is then how do we look people in the eye digitally? Yeah. You know, how do we take that? Because whilst I might be passionate about interpersonal and, and personal communication, it's not practical in a business sense to have all of your conversations in person. How do we use digital communication to expand on, on your personal business relationships? So someone you might have met somewhere, how do you then use digital and this other content that we're creating to build those relationships and build the customer loyalty. I think, and taking, this has also come up in previous, um, from previous podcast guests. Um, so Michelle, um, who was talking about LinkedIn specifically, um, she was discussing how, you know, she would go to a networking event or she would meet somebody at a dinner party and they would form that um, there'd be a business connection and then she would use LinkedIn. Um, I mean, that was her tool of preference, but you could easily use what, whichever social media platform as the tool to um, nurture that relationship and just keep keep that lead warm. Um, and then you go into that sort of thought leadership space because that's how that's how you can add value to those people. Yeah. And so it's interesting because then really it comes again back to the, the multi-layered approach. Mm. But also, if even though my preference is for a, you know an interpersonal face-to-face, -face, it's not feasible for that to be the only method of communication. No. Like There's no scale of economy in that. You can't grow from that perspective. So if I only ever did business in person by myself, <laughs> like I just, yeah. I just couldn't do that. There's just not enough time. No. So, well, I, you know, I'm, I love it, but then I've also learned to love lots of these other digital platforms and, you know, the, the convenience and the fact that you can communicate with someone across the other side of the world, mm. that you can nurture business relationships and really do that in a time economical way for me. Um, well, even your, your interview, your podcast episode with Vin mm. was so great. I mean, you guys weren't in the same room, yeah. but I think that we managed to achieve with that podcast episode, um, you know, a consistent, a coherent, mm. uh, what's the word, um, image representation of... Yeah of a face-to-face -face, yeah, yeah. Face -face communication, even though it wasn't. Yeah, I know out of the whole year of episodes, he was the only one that we didn't do in person. He was in the process of they were having their first child and, and moving to LA, so big things that Vin was doing. And I knew that his story, I needed to capture that interview with him because his messages are so powerful. And as a live performer, he is incredible. So one day we'll try and we'll get down face to face and chat with him, but it might have to be in LA. Oh, that'd be oh. tough. Okay, so Chris, for you then. Yes. In And we'll talk about this from a video visual storytelling perspective. What do you think are the greatest challenges associated with that? Oh, the video. Um, As a communication, what's its if you're challenge? If you're just trying to do video for the first time, I guess you'd need a, you'd need a really... You can't just launch yourself into it necessarily. 
unless you've got the time and um, you're not trying to burn your reputation or anything. Mm. You can sort of realise that if you're putting videos on YouTube, YouTube has a massive market still of people watching video, but you need to understand what people are watching on YouTube and, and then therefore how you should make video content for that platform. Mm. And then like I was saying on Facebook, like I feel like that YouTube, the quality of YouTube video wouldn't necessarily translate to Facebook super well. Mm. I know there's with, a greater allowance on Facebook for anything know. goes. Yeah. yeah kind of <laughs> like, like the Vine mentality where you're doing mm. like a short video. Or, or candid camera, you know, somebody just happened to record somebody stacking it. Yeah, and yeah. that's Facebook. That, would, that could be a viral Facebook yeah. success. Uh, if someone's trying to do some content, mm. some video content, they should know what platforms they're using. I think that's what we're going to try and do in the future. A couple of blogs about what sort of video you should focus on and how to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Sharing some tips. Yeah, good. We'll look out for, for that. The future. Yeah, good. So, Jojo, then, for you in that written context of storytelling, what do you think is the greatest challenge? So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, Bill Gates said famously in 1996 that content is king, and it definitely is, mm. but... We're now in 2017 and there is so much content out there. Mm. It's no longer sufficient to just write um, about something that you like or something that you know about. Um, SEO has become so important. Mm. Doing research into what your audience uh, wants to know about those sort of search terms um, and being really strategic in how you optimize your written content mm. is um, is just more important than ever. And I think that, that so that's the question was, you know, challenge that that is a challenge mm. because again, these days, like, I mean, I've heard heaps of people, you know, to all the good keywords are taken, you know, and all <laughs> this and, and was sort of talking about topics now. And because the landscape just moves so rapidly mm. um what worked last year it doesn't necessarily work this year google doesn't always tell you what they're what they're doing and how they're mm. how they're changing their algorithm mm. um so you're always playing catch up yeah yeah and so and i think that touches on one of the greatest challenges that i find is that constantly keeping up to date and informed and obviously because we provide these services for for clients it's really important for us to stay up to date but it's it it's just it's so rapid you know yeah, we yeah. constantly sort of like oh what is it now what, what layers this what layers that and so that for me is a great challenge okay well thank you so much for joining the chat i'm very excited that we're celebrating both three years of narrative marketing one year of be the drop it's it's a really good accomplishment and for me personally i can't achieve that without both of you so like Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's but it's really important because a waterfall, you know, the, be the drop. It comes from a waterfall begins with one drop. So in ne- in no endeavour are you solo and singular, and, and narrative marketing is no different. So you know, whilst the the original passion and drop might might have come from me, I'm, I'll never achieve what I want to without it. And so it's great having you drops on board. You've taken us on your journey. <laughs> Down the waterfall. So, but you're not quite off the hook yet. Oh. We need to, in conclusion, finish with our Be The Drop tips. So, Chris, would you like to start off with Chris's Be The Drop tip? Okay. Hmm. All right. 
I will. I will start <laughs> on the motorcycle. He's going to have to tell you to cut that. <laughs> um, so my be the drop tip would probably be around uh, like the knowing your platform sort of thing. So I'd go from my video perspective where, you know, uh, people can't just assume that you can make a video and then put it everywhere and have the same people engage with it and, and, and it for it to, same, to target the same people. But if you're going to focus on Facebook video, you've got to know you've got to know how it works. So mm. like know the platform at the current point in time and then be aware that it might change over time mm. and they might introduce new things like Facebook Live and then people just need to get on board with that as soon as it happens and, and even like the yeah. Facebook cover photo video thing, that's been quite fun. Yeah. Um, just like understanding that video can be so varied, like it can be a banner image, it can be live directly from what you're doing just you know, from your house, it can be super polished. Uh, it can be like a live broadcast or, or post broadcast of an event. Mm. Just like keep up to date in how you can use the tools that you have. Mm. Okay, Jojo, what's your be the drop? That that, Jojo, <laughs> what's your be the drop tip? Um. Okay, so I think my be the drop tip is whether you're talking about uh, video or, or written content or whatever um, type of content it is, use your people. If you're a brand, you're a business, um, remember that humans are hardwired to take an interest in other humans. It's mm. a survival of the species thing. You know, we're not interested in companies. I can't relate to a company but I can relate to people. So remember that your business is made up of people and use their stories um, to bring your brand or your business to life. Mm. Uh, that would be my be the drop tip. Great. And you know, if you're not, a, and, and this is where, you know, if you still want to bring, ensure that your, your tone of voice and the, and the message is still corporate sufficiently, it's still consistent. That's, that's how you, you know, you, there are ways of doing that. If you're, you don't, your people don't necessarily have to write the content themselves. There are people like us that can do it for you. I like that. Okay. So my be the drop tip is, yeah. Yeah. So what is it? What oh, is it? I know. And so yeah, Amelia, the, what is your be the drop tip? Yeah. Thank you, Chris. So, and obviously the be the drop tip is a communication tip. So this one's probably might seem a bit strange, but it is, you can't manage what you don't measure. So that it's based around that. And that sounds like, you know, something more like an accounting or some sort of thing. But realistically, I, for me, you cannot build a successful communication, you know, process or relationship if you don't know what it is that you're going to communicate. So that's the measuring part of it. So you need to know what are you going to say? You need to have a strategy in place that helps you understand what you want to say and who, with whom you want to talk to. So if you don't know those things, if you haven't put a measurement or a strategy in place to begin with, then you will not be able to communicate well. Mm -hmm. You are just, you're not going to hit the mark. You know, if, if you've got the wrong message to a particular group of people, it won't resonate. Mm -hmm. They won't, they won't connect. And I think uh, Jojo said the other day, you know, you could have the most, um, incredible message. It could be super fantastic, but nobody will hear you in a in a you know in a vacuum or I can't remember in an empty room. Yeah, no, nobody's going to hear you in an empty room. So I suppose in a in a more succinct way, communication starts with strategy. Boom. 
So and that's like, and we are communication specialists and one of the most important and valuable things we can do for you is work out the strategy. Because if you get that right, then you are much more likely to have success. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.